Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Hey, if you're a guest this morning, thank you so much for being here. Uh, can we just welcome our guests just for a moment to say thank you for them to be here this morning? We appreciate you being here. If there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4, looking at verse 35. is where we're going to be talking about this morning. I'm starting a new sermon series this morning called Protect This House. Last week or the week before, um, I really felt like God laid upon my heart. I was sitting in some of the sessions at the conference, and I was just thinking about our church and just thinking about some things, and I really felt like God dropped some things in my heart. And I'm not a, I don't preach a lot of series, um, I, but this week or this month, I want to do that. I'm excited about it because um, I really feel like all of us in this room are dealing with some things in our hearts and our lives. And, and what I do know and understand that the enemy is trying to still kill and destroy what God's doing in your heart. And what we need to do more than anything is protect this house. Amen. We need protection from the enemy. We need protection from all the things that he's doing in our hearts and our lives. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16, it says this, that we are God's temple and the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And so what the enemy wants to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. He, wants, he, would, he would love for, you to come, or for him to come into your house and to destroy what the very thing that God's doing. Because where your heart is, where your life is, that's where the Spirit of God lives. Amen? And he wants to destroy that. He wants to take it away from you. He wants to kill the very thing that God is doing in your heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 says this. It says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything that you do flows from it. Guard your heart because everything that you do flows from your heart. And so this morning, I'm going to be talking about fear. I don't know if you deal with fear. I know that some of you may deal with fear in your heart. But I do know and understand that fear is an attack from the enemy. He wants to, again, he wants to destroy you. Fear is a powerful emotion that we all deal with. Some deal with it worse than others. We have a fear of not having enough. We have a fear of disappointing people. We have a fear of not being able to give our kids what they need. We have a fear of not being able to live up to what people expect us to live up to. We live our life in a way that, um, that we don't take chances. Why? Because we're afraid of what, might, what may happen in our life. We have a fear of dying. We have a fear of making a commitment to certain things in our life. And what I've learned in my own life is this. Fear will cause you to miss out on great experiences that God has for you. And he, it will also cause you not to have great relationships with people. Fear is a paralyzing thing in our life. And we all deal with it. Fear can be a motivator. It can be a motivator. It can motivate you to be better. It can motivate you to do certain things in your life. But I also know that fear can paralyze you and keep you frozen from doing the things that God's called you to do. And when I thought about that, I thought about the scripture where, where the angel of the Lord found Gideon and he was hiding in fear. And he was worried about what was going to happen to him. And so he was in the wine press 
there that day and he was pressing this weed and he was threshing this weed. He was hiding from the Israelites. He was worried about what was going to take place. And so he goes and he hides himself where nobody can find him. So his initial fear that he had in his life of what was going to happen began to turn into worry and it drove him to hide from the Israelite or from the from the the Midianites because he was afraid of what was going to happen. Judges chapter 6 verses 13 says this. It says, "Pardon me, my lord," Gideon replied, "but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us?" Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of the Midian. So Gideon was there that day. He was at, listen, everybody keeps saying God's with us. Everybody keeps saying that God's there. But if God is there, then why is all these things happening to us? He was afraid. He didn't really know, understand what was going on in his life. So he was afraid and he was worried. And he asked the question, which I think sometimes that we all ask, if God is real, then why is all, things, all these things happening in our life? Listen, if the Lord is with us, why do we worry? Why do we, fear, why do we have fear in our life? Why do we become afraid in our life? It's like we've forgotten what God has told us. It's like we, we deal with this fear of, of dying or fear of getting old and fear of not having enough and all these things come into our life. But what happens is, is that fear begins to turn into worry, which turns into anxiousness. And then we just worry ourselves to death about all these things that we shouldn't be worrying about. And what's happening is that fear and that worry is slowly destroying the, the house of God. To we don't, where we can't trust Him anymore, where we can't understand Him anymore, where we don't see things that are happening around us because we're so caught up in the fear that is happening in our life. You see, the house, it doesn't just automatically fall overnight, but what happens is the enemy comes in and he steals it piece by piece. He steals a little bit here, and then he comes back and he steals a little bit there. And he comes back and he steals a little bit over here. And what happens over time, the more pieces that he steals, the house becomes weak and it begins to fall down. And that's what happens in our life with fear and worry and anxiety in our hearts is we have all of these things that's going over and over in our minds and in our hearts. And slowly the enemy is pulling away what God has already given us piece by piece. Listen, God did not create you to live in fear. God did not create you to live in fear. But listen to me this morning. There's some of you here this morning, you're living in fear. You're living in something that God did not create for you to live in. And so the enemy is attacking. The enemy is pulling away the very things that God has given us in our heart. But God has never given us a part of our life to fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity. But what does it say? He's given us power. He's given us love. And He's given us self-discipline. It never says in that scripture that God brings fear on your heart. It never says that God gives you fear. It says that He's given you power to what? To overcome the fear that's in your life. He's given you love to overcome the fear in your life. He's given you self-discipline to overcome the fear in your life. Fear comes from the enemy. It comes straight from the enemy, and he brings it into your life. Why? Because he is trying to destroy the house. And I've seen it even in my own life, and I've seen it in people's people's lives, where fear just overtakes their heart and their life, and, and God can't do anything because they're so afraid or they're so worried. 
And the enemy is stealing it piece by piece. We see it in our family. We're so afraid of our children. What's going to happen to our children? We're so afraid of what's going to happen over here. We're so afraid of what's going to happen over there. And the enemy is just slowly, listen, he's just slowly pulling it away from you. And we're allowing him to do it. Because we don't understand what God's given us. He's given us power. Look at your neighbor and say power. Power, love, and self-discipline. He's giving you those things in your life. Why? Because it helps you to overcome your fear. It helps you to overcome your worry. It helps you to overcome the anxiousness that's in your life. He's given you those things to, to overcome. It's that are you using it to overcome it? Whom the Son is set free is free indeed. It doesn't say baby. It doesn't say hopefully. It doesn't say whatever. It says whom the Son has set free is free indeed. There's no question to it. There's, no, there's nothing that you need to understand except I am free. I am free from fear. I am free from doubt. I am free from worry. All of these things that we have in our heart, we're free from because God says that we're free. You see, free is a, a force of the enemy. And he will use it in your life to keep you from getting to the other side. He will keep you from getting to the other side. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 says this. The day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Verse 38, Jesus was at the stern sleeping on a cushion. I love that. He was just a sound asleep. Nothing was bothering him, nothing, he wasn't concerned, he was just sound asleep. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey his name? So I've titled the sermon this morning as this, Don't you care? God, do you really care about me? God, are you really concerned about me? God, are you really concerned about what's happening in my life? God, do you really care? Don't you see that my boat is, is being overcome by waves? Don't you understand that my life is being overcome by all of these things? God, don't you care? Jesus, do you even care for me? And the question to that is this. Yes, he does care for you. He does care for your life. And so this morning, I want to give you several things that, that I felt like that I gained from this scripture that it helped me to understand about this scripture. Number one. Number one is this. Let Jesus be Jesus. Let him be Jesus. Look at verses 35 and 36. The day, uh, the day of the evening came and he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind Here's the phrase that, that stuck out to me. They took him along. What's the next phrase? Just as he was. Just as he was. There was also other boats with him. And so it made me thought, think in that moment. They didn't try to change Jesus from being tired. They didn't try to make Jesus rest. They didn't try to do anything to Jesus except bring him as he was. The problem is we want to change Jesus in our life. We want to make Jesus do what we want to do. 
But if Jesus is going to, everybody, everybody look at me real quick. I'm going to give you some news, uh, news information this morning. If you're going to allow Jesus to come into your life, then let him be Jesus. Let him be in control. Take your hands off of it and let him be Jesus. That's where we fail. We want him to come in, but we want him to do what we want him to do. Right? We're, at least we will let him come in, but we will not allow him to be Jesus. And Jesus wants to be Jesus in your life. He doesn't want to be anything else besides Jesus. Why? Because he can't be anything else besides Jesus. He was created to be Jesus. And so Jesus is going to do what Jesus can only do, but you and I have to allow him to do it. We can't change him. He can only be what we allow him to be in our life. And so this scripture was this, is what I love about it, is that Jesus, at the end of the day, I, I, I kind of view it as a, as a, as a, a church service. That they, at the end of the church service, he was tired. He'd been healing people all day. He'd been teaching people all day. And so at the end of the service, he was tired. He was ready to go over to the other side. And in that moment, I thought, you know what? The disciples could have looked at Jesus and said, why don't you just stay here? We'll come back and get you later. Just stay here. We'll come back and get you later. No, the Bible says that they took him as he was. They took the tired Jesus and they put him in the boat. They took the weary Jesus and they put him in the boat. They didn't leave him on the other side. They took the tired Jesus and they put him in the boat with him. They didn't try to change him. They took him as he was. And that's what we need to understand in our heart is this. is If, if Jesus is going to be Jesus and we're going to do the things that God's called us to do, then the only way that we can ever accomplish what God's called us to do is allowing Jesus to be Jesus. Some of you need to stop using Jesus as a puppet. What happens is Sunday morning we come in and we put on puppet Jesus and we, we do all this stuff. You know how you work a puppet? Through the week we work Jesus like this. Jesus, I'll do this, but I won't do that. Or, you know, I, let him be Jesus. If you can't allow him to be Jesus, I know this sounds terrible, then take him away from your life and, and you just keep being yourself. Let him be Jesus. Because he wants to bring peace. He wants to bring all those things in your life. You can't treat him as a puppet. You can't treat him and, and make him do and, 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 and act the way that you want him to act. What I love about this is, is that Jesus did not look at his disciples and say, Hey guys, I'm afraid. I'm worried. I'm worried about going over to the other side. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid. He, says, look, he looks at them and he says these, these words. Let us go over to the other side. Why? Because once he got to the other side, he began to minister again. He began to heal a boy that was demon-possessed. You see, Jesus wants to take you to the other side, but the problem is two things. You won't let him be Jesus, and you're afraid to go to the other side because you don't know what you're going to encounter. Jesus wasn't afraid. He says, come on, guys, let's get in the boat. He knew the storm was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen in their life. He, he understood the moment that they got in the boat and sailed across the other side, he knew that there was going to be a storm. But he says, and I love this, he says, let us go, us, all of us, together to the other side. He didn't say, I'm staying here. He didn't say, I'll catch up with you guys later. Maybe we'll, you know, whatever, we'll catch coffee sometime. He said, let us go together to the other side. When you allow Jesus to be Jesus in your life, guess what? He goes with you to the other side. He goes with you to the other side. He allows you to be the person that you've called us to be. Jesus is basically saying to his disciples these words, Hey guys, we're all in this together. 
We're going to face storms all together. I'm going to be with you as we go through. We're all in this together. Anybody ever seen a high school musical? We're all in this together. I thought of that this morning. Yes, thank you. Thank you. But we're all in it together. But sometimes, listen, sometimes we want to change Jesus. But here's, here's two things that I've understood about my life. Number one, if I'm going to go to the other side, two things. Jesus has to be in my boat. And the second thing is I've got to allow him to be Jesus. I've got to allow him to be Jesus. I can't make, I can't make Jesus do what, what I want him to do. I have to do what Jesus has called me to do. Same thing with you. But we try to manipulate him. We try to turn him into something that he's not. And, and listen, tired Jesus, sleepy Jesus, weary Jesus, I want to tell you this morning, all those things, he still has more power than I do. Tired, sleepy, weary, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He still has more power than I do. So I'm gonna, if, Je, if Jesus is going to sleep a little bit in my life, then i got to allow him to be Jesus. Even though I may not like it, but if Jesus needs to rest a little bit, if he needs to step away from me for just a little bit, then i got to allow him to be Jesus because he's a, there's a reason why he's doing it. So i got to allow him to be Jesus in my life. Jesus wants to lead and guide in all these things in our life. But we can't be afraid. We cannot be afraid when, 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 when we pray certain prayers and God doesn't answer them. We can't be afraid when, when we, say, we ask these things and something doesn't come through because what happens is that fear turns into worry and worry begins to, to make us doubt whether or not God is real or not in our life. Where are you, Jesus? I'm in a situation, God. Can't you see me over here? I'm drowning. I've got the waves coming up over my head. All of these are, God, do you even care? Do you even care for me? I don't know about you, but I've, I've said those things before in my life. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him alone just as he was in the boat. They didn't try to change him. They took him as he was. Let God be God in your life. He's either God or he's not God at all. Amen? Let him be Jesus in your life. Number two is this. Does he even care? Verses 37 through 39. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was at the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you even care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Like most of our hearts and our lives, storms come out of nowhere. We're usually not prepared for them. They just, they just blow in in our hearts, and then they blow out. Well, what I thought about this story was as, as before they left to the other side, or even while they were sitting in the boat, going to the other side. It would have been nice for Jesus to look at his disciples and say, hey guys, yeah, by the way, I want to tell you something. We're going we're gonna to face a storm as we go over to the other side. We're going to face a storm. We're gonna, it's going to be so bad that you feel like you're going to die. You're, you're, it, there's going to be high waves and lots of wind. All these things are going to happen. But he doesn't say that to them. He says, hey guys, let's just go over to the other side. He did, Jesus wasn't worried. He wasn't concerned. It didn't make him upset. He wasn't afraid. He just says, hey, guys, let's go over to the other side. I don't know about you, but if Jesus would look at me and say, hey, Chad, on September 23rd of whenever the date is, you're going to have this problem in your life, how many of us know that I would be prepared for it? But he doesn't do that to us in our life. Storms blow in 
unexpectedly. Things happen in our life unexpectedly. And it's in that moment, do we allow him to be Jesus in our heart? And do we trust him to know and understand that he's got it all figured out and he's going to help every situation that we have in our life? You see, God already told them that he was going to be with them. And so for some of you this morning, you need to know and understand these words. You may be in a storm this morning, but God's telling you, don't be afraid. He's telling you, hang on. He's letting you know, hey, we're, we're, we're all in this together. That's what he's telling us this morning. You're not in the boat by yourself. You're not out there afloat by yourself. You're not out there on a raft by yourself because God is right there with you. And he's letting you know that no matter what, what you go through, I'm there with you the whole time. Because that's what Jesus does. That's what God does in our heart. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 6, it says this, Be strong and courageous. What are the next words? Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. And what's the very last statement there? He will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how dark, no matter how bad it gets in your life, Jesus promised that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5, the end of it says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Jesus got into the boat with his disciples knowing that they were going to face a storm. Jesus is in the midst of the storm. No warning, no signal, nothing. All of a sudden there's a storm. But Jesus is there with them. Even though he's sleeping, he's in the boat. And they were so afraid. Can you just picture it this morning? They're working hard to get all the water out of the boat. They're, they're working fast. It's like the more they take out, the more is coming in. They're just bailing for their life. These are fishermen. They've been in storms before. They understood how to get water out of a boat. But they were faced with this storm that they couldn't handle themselves. And then you have good old Jesus up here in the front just snoozing away, just sound asleep, kind of like your spouse is when there's a bad storm outside. Thunder, lightning, they're just snoozing away. Nothing's fa- no, no, they're not being phased by anything. That's what was happening that day when Jesus was just sound asleep on the front of the boat. And then here's, what, here's where everything began to turn for the disciples. You see, they thought the fear in their mind. They saw it happening in front of them. But when they vocalized it, it, it turned into something else. You see, sometimes, listen, sometimes it's not afraid for fear to come into your mind. But what do you do with it when it comes into your mind? Do you vocalize it? Do you start talking about it? Or do you rebuke it in the name of Jesus? Because they they thought about it. They had fear in in their mind, in their heart. But then they said out of their mouth, this is what they said, Teacher, do you not care about us? Are you going to allow us to drown? It's one thing to think it. It's another thing to say it. When we allow fear and worry to come in, what happens is we say things that we normally don't say. When you're mad, when you're upset, when you have things in your life, what happens is those things cause you to say things that you normally wouldn't say in your, out of your own mouth. But because of the situation, you're vocalizing what's happening around you. You see, sometimes we, listen, it's okay to think it, but don't let it come out of your mouth because once it comes out of your mouth, you can't take it back. Once it comes out of your mouth, it's already out. It's, it's, it's out there. You can't take it back. It's one thing to think about the fear, but it's another thing to vocalize your fear. 
What do you do when it comes into your mind? What do you do when you have that thought of fear of if something is going on around you and it doesn't line up to what you think? What do you do when it comes into your mind? Do you rebuke it or do you speak it out of your mouth? Because fear, when it turns into worry, that's when it starts to destroy and everything. Because you start worrying what? Whether or not God is there, whether or not God is going to take care of you, whether or not God is who he says he is, right? We worry. God, do you see me? God, do you care? God, do you understand? God, why are you not doing it? God, why are you not answering my prayer? God, why are you not doing those things? Worry, 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 worry. And that worry destroys what God is trying to do in our heart. We think it, but then we vocalize it. Jesus, what, they, what, what the enemy wants you to do is this. He doesn't care if you think it. He just wants you to vocalize it. Because when you vocalize it, you're one, step to, you're one step closer to believing it. Because you said it out of your mouth. And you hear what you say. And so it's, it's one thing to think it, but it's another thing to communicate it. And here's, listen to me, moms and dads. Some of you are, are, are saying things over your children that's causing them to be afraid. They're, they're hearing it. They hear you say it. And so you need to be careful what you say around them. So that you don't cause them to be afraid. Now, cause them to be aware, but don't put the fear into their life by what you say because you can. So be careful what you say to them by what you're vocalizing it with your own mouth. They thought about it and then they vocalize it. Jesus, do you even care if we drowned? God, why did you bring us out here to die? Why did you do this stuff to us, vocalizing what was in their coming out of their mind? And here's what I wrote down is this. If Jesus really doesn't care for you, if Jesus really doesn't care for I, for myself, then he would have never came to this earth to die a criminal death. If I really believe that God does not care for me, then I have totally misunderstood what the, the crucifixion is all about. That he came, what? To set me free. He came to deliver me from my fear, from my worry, from my doubt. He came to bring all of those things into my life. But if I say, God, you don't care about me, then I don't understand who God is. Right? If I keep saying, God, if you don't care, you don't care, you don't care, then I must think in my heart that God doesn't care. Well, guess what? He came to die for you, so that tells me that he does care. Because if he doesn't care about you, then he would have never came to this earth and died on the cross for you. So he does care for you. So you got to stop saying, God, do you care about me? Do you care about me? Start saying it this way. God, I'm in a storm, but you know what? I'm going to worship you regardless of what I, what's happening around me. Change the way that you talk. Change the way that you think. God, I'm afraid. I'm fearful. I'm worried. No, God, I'm going to worship you. God, I'm going to give you everything in my heart. Start changing the way that we say things so, to, so God understands what we feel and what we know in our heart. Change the way that we say it in our hearts. Because the devil is going to question you. He's going to make things to you like, hey, if God really cared about you, you wouldn't go through this thing. And, and so you start believing what the enemy's saying, and he's slowly taking piece by piece away from you. Listen to this. Remember, moms and dads, grandparents, aunts and uncles, men and women, your power has, uh, your, your words have power. Your words have power. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 21. The tongue, has, uh, the tongue has power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Be careful of what you say. Be careful of what comes out of your mouth, because there's power in what you say. 
to those that are around you. So the, the disciples were like, Jesus, do you not care? Jesus, do you not care? Jesus, do you not care? And Jesus is just kind of over here, just, just sound asleep, not worried about anything. But what I thought about was he woke up, which is comforting to me because in the midst of my storm, when I call out to Jesus, guess what? He answers. He wakes up. He comes up out of his sleep. He comes up out of his resting moment. And he says, Chad, I got it. It's okay. Just keep crying out to me. Psalms 34 verse 17 says this. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. Verse 39. He got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. He said, quiet, be still. The wind died down and it was completely calm. You see, here's... The word rebuked here is the same word that is mentioned throughout the Gospels where Jesus cast out demons and other dark forces. Because you have to understand, this moment was attacked from the enemy. This was a spiritual battle over the disciples. So he, what did he do? He didn't, he didn't just get up, but he walked to the front of the boat and he rebuked it in the name of Jesus. And he said, quiet, be still. And in, a, in an instant, everything died down. You see, here's where you and I are missing it when it comes to fear and worry in our life is we're, we're not rebuking the fear in our life. We're not doing what Jesus did in that moment because we understand it's a spiritual attack that the enemy's coming in and he's bringing these things in our life. If you will stand up to it and if you will rebuke it in the name of Jesus, guess what? It will go away. It will go away. Well, well Pastor, I've done that before. Do it again. I've done it again. Do it again. Rebuke it until it goes away. Why? Because you have the power of God living in your life. And when you rebuke it, it has to go in the name of Jesus. That's what my Bible says. That if I don't rebuke it, guess what? It's going to hang around. If I don't tell it to go away, it's going to hang around in my life. But the moment that I rebuke it, the Bible says that it goes away in the name of Jesus. So some of us in this room, when you have fear come into your mind, don't let it come out of your mouth, but you just need to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Don't ever let it come out of your mouth. Stop it before it ever gets here. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus like he did that day. He stood up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and everything stopped. Everything stopped in that moment. Why? Because there's power in the spoken word. There's power when you hear yourself say it. When you hear it come out of your mouth, you're like, yes, that sounds wonderful. Yes, I believe it. So keep speaking it over your life. Keep speaking it over those situations in your life. No matter what happens, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If there's a disease in your life, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If your children are far from God, rebuke it, not them, but the thing that's got on to them, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Because there's power in the spoken word. Rebuking it in the name of Jesus. This was attack because he was going to the other side to keep preaching and to keep ministering to people. And so he, the enemy was trying to get him to stop doing what he was about to go do. There's power in his word. He didn't even hesitate. He didn't even think about it. He jumped up from his sleep, stepped forward and rebuked it in the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 10, verses 1, Jesus called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He gave them authority. 
Guys, you have authority this morning. Everybody look at me. You have authority this morning. Let me say it again. You have authority in your life given to you by the creator of all things. Authority. Start rebuking it in the name of Jesus and watch it dissipate in your life. Watch the storm start falling apart right in front of you. When you rebuke it in the name of, don't rebuke it in your name, rebuke it in his name. And you will see that it starts falling apart. Why? Because the very power and authority that God had given the disciples, you and I have in our life. You see, fear and worry and anxiousness, it's a different kind of storm. It's a different kind of storm when you have, for those that don't understand it, they don't understand it because they've never gone with it, they've never dealt with it in their life. But it's a completely different storm when you have fear and worry in your heart. But the Bible says if you rebuke it in the name of Jesus, it will leave. If we would begin to do what Jesus says and allow Jesus to be who Jesus wants to be in our life, then these things will have to go. Peace will come into our hearts. Peace will come into our life. When we're, we have those situations in our life, it, peace comes over us to say, you know what, I'm not worried about it because Jesus is in control. And the last thing is this. Verses 40 through 41. He says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The Bible says in verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? So my question to you this morning is this. Where is our faith? Where is our faith? Can you imagine how Jesus is feeling in this moment? He's like, he's perplexed. He's like, really, guys? This is what, this is really frightening you? This is really bothering you? Where is your faith? Pastor Chad, where's your faith? Are you going to believe him or not? Where's your faith when your finances don't look like that great? Where's your faith? Where's your faith, Chad? That's what he says to me when, when I don't believe him. When I'm, I have, where's your faith? Have you, have you not seen me do this before in your life? Yes, Lord. Where's your faith? I've healed you in this area of your life. Where's your faith? I've done this in your family. Where's your faith? I've taken you from here and I brought you over here. Where's your faith? Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Where's your faith? Do you believe him or you don't believe him? Where is your faith? The disciples had seen Jesus heal people. They saw him do incredible things in their life. And this one little storm had them so terrified that Jesus looks at them and says, Guys, where's your faith? Why do you not have any faith? Here's the reason. you gotta, you got to stop looking at the storm and look at him. When Peter began to sink, what was he looking at? The storm. He was looking at the, wa- the winds and the waves. He wasn't looking at Jesus. When he was watching Jesus, guess what? He was walking on water because he was making eye contact with the one that could take everything away from him if he needed to. But the moment that he, took away, he, learned, he turns and he looks over here, what happens? He began to sink. Why? Because he took his eyes off of Jesus. When you're in the storm, remember, keep your eyes on him. Take your hands off of the control panel and allow him to be Jesus. Listen, 
I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's some control freaks in this room today. And Jesus can't be Jesus because you won't take your hands off of it. And Jesus says, just let me be Jesus and watch me work. It's going to be okay. But Pastor Chad, you don't understand. I'm praying for this situation and I hadn't seen God do anything. Keep praying until you see your, get your answer. It doesn't mean that God's not on the throne anymore. It just means that God's setting you up for a perfect timing. You got to trust him. Where's your faith? Jesus didn't look at his disciples and go, Woo, man, what a storm. He didn't say that to him. He didn't go, Woo, man. You know, can you, I'm just imagining like I'm sweating right now. Jesus has got water all over him. You know, he's throwing his hair back because, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he looks at him and he's like, Guys, where's your faith? Woo, what a storm, man. Golly. He didn't say that. He's like, Where's your faith? You see, the storm didn't disturb Jesus. You know what disturbed him? The lack of faith of his disciples. That's why he got disturbed. Because of the lack of faith. How many times does Chad Owens disturb God by his lack of faith? You see, I believe God will do the small things. But when it comes to bigger things, I got you know what? I got I to gotta take it. It's like if I came in and, and, I, and I gave Karen something, I said, Karen, use it, have for, use it however you want to. And then I'm over here going, oh my gosh, I hope she don't tear it up. Um, woo, man, you just, I'm just like in fear. I'm like, well, please, please, Lord, don't let her tear it up. Please, Lord, because I don't have the money to buy another one. Lord, please don't tear it up. Listen, if I give it to her to use it, let her use it how she wants to. If it tears up, guess what? I'll save money and go buy another one. But if I'm going to give her to it to use it, then let her use it. If I'm going to give my life to Jesus, guess what? Then I'm going to allow him to use it. I'm not going to stand over and go, Oh God, please don't, please don't, please don't do this in my life. Or please don't do this. So don't send me over here to talk to this person because you know I, I have this, this thing where I don't talk well to people. And God says, That's okay. That's okay. Just let me be Jesus. Let me lead you where you need to go. Let me, let me speak through you as, as he wants to all the time. Guys, we're going over to the other side, is what he said. He didn't hope. He was like, we're going. We're going to get in the storm, we're going. We're going to make it happen because there's people over there that need Jesus. You see, it takes great faith. It takes great faith to trust in Jesus when you feel like he's sleeping in your life. It takes great faith to know and understand that even if he feels like he's sleeping, guess what? He still has more power and he's still watching out for what's going on around you. Even if you feel like he's sleeping. Have you ever felt that before? Jesus, why don't you wake up? <laughs> Woohoo, Jesus. Pay attention to Chad over here. Can you not see what's going on? It takes great faith to, to trust in a sleeping Jesus. It doesn't matter if he's sleeping or awake. He's still God. Where's your faith? Protecting your house from fear, protecting your house from doubt, protecting your house from worry. As long as Jesus is in the boat, the boat will not go under. It may be tossed, it may be beaten and battered a little bit, but it will not go under. Why? Because he's in the boat. Amen? Stand to your feet this morning and I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment this morning. Where's your faith? 
Where's your faith at this morning? I feel like God's asking each and every one of us this morning is, where's your faith? God, for just a moment, I pray that you would speak to your people. God, there's somebody in this room that is, that is, that is fearful of things in their life. They're just overcome with fear of, of uncertainty. They're overcome with fear of, of, of all these things. God, I pray that right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would begin to, to speak to them right now. God, as you, listen, as you spoke to that wind and that waves that day, God, when you speak it, it has to come true. As you spoke that day, and the disciples were more terrified by what you said, because of the power that you had, then really the even storm. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? He's Jesus. He's doing what you ask him to do. You ask him, do you not care, God? Do you not care, God? Guess what he's doing? He's caring for you because he's quieting the storm in your life. That's who he is. So if you're here today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I ask this question. If you're here you would say, Pastor, would you, pre- will you please pray for me because I deal with fear in my life. Will you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Thank you. Thank you. Take the authority that God's given you. Take the authority that God's placed in your life. And when those moments of fear and doubt and worry come into your life, what do you do? You rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If you, have, if you deal with fear, pick up the Word of God and read scriptures about fear. Pick up a devotional and read it about fear. Don't, la- don't allow the fear to, to take root in your life. But when it comes into your mind, get rid of it as soon as it gets there. Because that fear turns into worry. And it totally consumes us to where it slowly destroys us. Father, today, meet the hearts of these people that lifted their hands. That fear, fear is a real thing, God. It paralyzes us. It keeps us from trusting in you and, and doing the things that you've caused to. Father, it's an attack from the enemy. It's not from you. It's an attack from the enemy. So in the name of Jesus, I rebuke it right now in this house. Fear, you have to go. You have no place in my life. I will not worry. I will not fear because I know you have it in control, God. God, every person that lifted their hand right now, they came in this room with fear in their heart. They brought it in here today, God, and I pray they will not take it out when they leave, but they will leave it right at the altar. So if that's you, just right now say, Jesus, here it is. I give it to you. Just give it to them right now in this house. Just just take it and say, Father, here it is. This is what I'm dealing with. Here it is, God, I give it to you. I do not want to leave this place the same way that I came in. But God, I give it to you in the name of Jesus right now. Because you are my God. And you said that those who are the Son is set free is, is free indeed. So Father, I walk out of this place with freedom in my life, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we love you today, Jesus. No more fear, no more worry. We're not going to sit around and worry ourselves to death about what's going to happen in this world or what's going to happen over there. Listen, God is still in control, and and God's going to handle it. He's going to handle it. But God, what if he's in control? Let him be Jesus in your life. Here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to grab your neighbor's hand all over this house, and I want you to just begin to pray for him right now. 
Pray that they would begin to use that authority and that power that God has given them in their life. Pray that they would speak it over their children. Pray that they would speak it over their job. Pray that they would speak it over their spouse. Pray that they would speak it over any situation in their heart right now. So say, Father, they're yours. I gave them to you, so God, you're going to take, take care of them, God. We speak it over their life. Power and authority, God, that's been, been given to us, God. Use it in the name of Jesus. It's ours. It's available to us in the name of Jesus. Cast all your cares upon you because he cares for you. He does care. He is concerned. He knows what's happening. And he's not afraid because he can handle it. If he can conquer death, hell, and the grave, then he can definitely conquer whatever you're going through in your life. He can, he can, he can conquer it because he already has. Walk in your freedom today, people. Church, walk in your freedom. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for what has been revealed to us in Scripture today, God, because we know and understand that we've had those moments, God, where we've even said ourselves, God, do you even care? We've seen you work miracles. We've seen you do incredible things in our heart, God. We've seen it with our own eyes, but yet we still stand here, Father, with a lack of faith sometimes in our life but we walk in your presence. We don't know everything, God, but we know you. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.